Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. And good morning. Appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule, I'm sure. Great to have you with us today and take your time out to listen to the <coughs> craziness that's going on in our industry. It's, uh, it's very interesting that uh, we're able to talk about the cartel today because we've talked about the cartel for a long time. And now it's not just us. So I think it's kind of an interesting thing. So a cartel for insurance companies. Who would ever believe such a thing, right? Well, it's very interesting. As I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, it, there is an organization called the Free Market Medical Association. And part of the kind of, I say running joke, but it's not really a joke, right? Is that the insurance companies form a car cartel. Uh, they really treat us <laughs> as if we're, we're, uh, we're under their thumb because in many cases we are. Well, I was, I will say, taken aback and had a very good laugh whenever I saw the language in this latest lawsuit uh, by Advent Health, which is a hospital system, and they are suing Multiplan. And if you don't know who Multiplan is, well, they're a cost management firm. Uh, they own a whole bunch of networks across the country, uh, First Health Network, the a PCA, PHCS network, a number of other ones, uh, but about 700 different insurance companies around the country work with multi-plan. Well, Advent Health, once again, it's a hospital system. They have about 50 different hospitals. They're suing multi-plan with the claims that multi-plan is price fixing and saying that they are systematically underpaying doctors and hospitals about 19 billion, with a B, $19 billion per year on out-of-network reimbursements. And that's, that's interesting if you think about what I just said. Remember, they actually own a whole bunch of networks. But it appears that what they're doing and what this lawsuit is all about is that even if someone is receiving their whatever, their services out of network, that multi-plan is still repricing it. So it's going through the repricing process that is really set aside for their in-network folks. And then that's all they're paying. So what the whole point of this is, is saying, hey, you know, we really have no choice but to take what there is because you work with all of these companies. And, you know, we're not talking about they just work with a couple of mom and pops. We're talking about United Healthcare, Aetna, Elevance, which used to be Anthem, Centene, Cigna, Humana, um, a number of the Blue Cross Blue Shields across the country. We're talking about some big, big companies. 
Uh, so you've got the big guys and then you've got a, a bunch of small ones too. Once again, more than 700 health insurers. And, you know, full disclosure, our Eagle Care plans, uh, we use multi, we use a multi-plan, we use PHCS. And they're the easiest ones, quite honestly, they're the easiest ones to rent, as we, we call it in the industry. We're renting their network to give people access to these negotiated rates. That's not always the best deal. To be quite honest with you, cash payment's still the best deal. But a lot of folks want that security, as it were, of having a PPO network. Uh, but what they're what they're showing is that you know their their numbers. Obviously, this will come out in the lawsuit, and we'll see what the what really happens here. Uh, but they're saying that through their repricing um, logarithms, that their reimbursements for out of network claims are there's there's 370,000 claims daily that are coming through there that they're underpaying that they're not paying what really is billed but they're running it through this repricing and since it's not in the network their claim is that that shouldn't be happening but it is uh it, it's kind of interesting they say that the uh, reprice which we I've used this term repricing for a long long time because that is the term they use. They actually don't don't use the term negotiated rate when you use a multiplan. They use what they call repricing, and that all it really is doing is calculating how much less they're going to pay than what is owed. I guess is the best way to say what they're what they're really saying that they they should be paying. Uh, I see we had just uh, had somebody else jump in. Susan, appreciate you jumping by this morning. Appreciate you. Appreciate you taking time out of your day. And, and so what multi-plan is, is doing, and this, once again, these are, these are the words through that just crack me up because it's stuff we've been saying for years, is they're acting like a mafia enforcer for the insurers. And they say they're doing this because virtually every, every commercial health plan payer has agreed to use that their methodology. And so it's very interesting to me that while we've been talking about the way that these insurers get together is very a cartel and mafia like for years and years, we've used other different descriptions for them too, but <laughs> we'll, we'll stay clean here. Uh, that now, even in a lawsuit such as this, we're seeing some of the same terminology, uh, but that was, so Advent is seeking, so this is where the cartel came in. Advent is seeking an order to permanently ban multi-plan from operating the cartel moving forward with damages for underpayments and profits lost. So in the actual lawsuit, they use the term cartel. Once again, you know, the, the old saying, right? If it Walks like a duck and talks like a duck. What is it? Well, if it acts like a cartel and there's all the inner workings that make it look like a cartel, including, <laughs> as this one said, your strong arm mafia, mafia enforcer, then what is it? Well, I hate to break it, folks, but it's cartel. I and mean, we can see that in the day to day. We can see it happen when you, when you, whether you're in this industry or not. If you really were to take a look at it, you see exactly what's happening. They're dictating things. Uh, now, I'm not saying these groups don't work together. And when I say that, 
uh, you know, the, the, the I saw an article last week where the American Hospital Association was just raking insurance companies over the coals. I mean, you know, all these horrible things are doing. They, they were primarily talking about prior authorization, which we did a show about last week. And in that, they talked about how bad of actors the insurance companies were, that they were the cause for you know, literally people dying because they're waiting for getting approval for these things. But then you turn right back around and don't, you know, don't be surprised whenever you see the administrators of the hospitals and the, the folks that are running one of the, the bukas all buddy-buddy having drinks together. Because we know that's the way that it works. We have to act like we don't like each other up, up front, but quite honestly, they're all part of the cartel. And I think what we see in a situation like this is something that's so egregious that someone's taking action. So when you're talking about $19 billion annually, because of these anti-competitive agreements, that is going to raise eyebrows. It, 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 let's, let's be honest, right? It's all about the money. Follow the money and you find where the problems are. But I really was, I won't say taken aback. I was surprised at the verbiage that was used in this lawsuit and what they're really asking. I mean, they want them permanently banned from doing exactly what they're doing, exactly what their, their job is, to be quite honest. I mean, they hire, they're hired from, by these insurance companies to do exactly what they're doing, and that is to reprice these claims so that they don't have to pay as much for out-of-network reimbursements. Um, and yes, technically what they're supposed to be doing is just the in-network, but let's be honest, they know what's going to happen here. They know the technology is there, and that's what they're, con even in the, the lawsuit, it says these payers are contracting with Multiplan to use this technology to reprice medical claims from out-of-network hospitals and doctors as well. So whether or not that is what is, I guess we'll find out here, right? Whether or not that is legal, I think this may go a step towards finding that out. But it's been going on for a long, long time. And the fact that we're talking about 370,000 claims daily that's going through their system, I mean, they're, they're by far and large, they are the most used company for this across the board. So it'll be interesting to see what happens down the line on this. Uh, but once again, the fact that some light's getting shed on a number of these things, uh, whether it be the transparency issues that we're having, the large insurance companies that are not willing to share claims data, that is the right of these employers uh, all of these lawsuits that are coming out now, they're all here in, in many cases because of the Consolidated Appropriations Act. And whenever that allowed the light to be shown, shown on some of these things, it also opened up the door for other little side things. And I believe that that helped push looking at that claims data from this big hospital system as well to be able to see some of these things that are happening and put numbers together. Uh, that's that's one of the things that really hadn't happened a lot in the past is someone that really dove into it and looked at one particular organization, in this case, Multiplan, looking to see what their their actions were causing overall. So it'll uh, this is certainly something we're going to keep our eyes on and we'll keep you up to date as this goes forward because I, I think it's a it's a big deal. In my opinion, I think this is a very big deal whenever they start using some of the terminology that's been out there for those of us that call ourselves rebels and 
quite honestly, we don't just call ourselves that we are, but those that are part of the revolution, I think that's a, that's a big deal. All right. So we know there's been a lot in the news about the different medications that are causing or ha helping people with weight loss. Uh, Ozempic, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of folks found out that the side effects of Ozempic was that they lost weight, even though it was a diabetes drug, uh, a basically a medication that has the same active in ingredients uh, is also out there. Wagovi is more expensive, strangely enough, ha ha, right? Uh, but it is actually approved for weight loss. So we're seeing Medicare, Medicaid, a lot of commercial insurers, they're not going to cover these medications because they say they're lifestyle drugs. Well, a new long-term study for Wagovi shows that it actually cuts the risk of heart attack. So now the question becomes, since they're showing this, and there is a huge problem with obesity in this country, will we now start to see some of these medications being covered? I think that's a valid point, but I want to point something out here too. And, and so here's a couple of things. First of all, we're, we're seeing the organizations I'm talking about that say they're not going to cover it, but there are some insurers, uh, Aetna was one of the first ones that came out saying that they're going to. So is that going to switch? I mean, are we going to see some people looking at that and then deciding which insurance they're going to use because they want to take that medication? Well, I can tell you from experience, the answer should be yes, because it's not unusual for people to say, hey, here's my medications, here are my, here's my doctors. This is what I got to have covered. In fact, that's the two biggest things that people get upset about as if their medications or their doctors are not covered when they move to a new plan. Obviously, if you're in a group setting and you have a new carrier, you're going to get what you get. But in the case of marketplace plans, in the case of individual insurance, when they have a choice, I think you're going to see that. And then don't forget, there's also the side of it where, uh, and this is the thing, if you do group insurance that, that you run into, uh, you're talking to the CFO or CEO or even the uh, HRVP, and you're talking about the new plan and they're going to say, hey, uh, you know, my spouse takes this or I take this. Whatever we end up with, we want to make sure that's covered. That's just the way the game's played. If the CEO's wife or CEO's husband or CEO's kid is taking some type of medication or seeing a certain doctor, it's not unusual for them to ask the question or to make sure that whatever plan we end up with, we want to make sure that that's covered. So I think that this could actually push people in certain directions. Now, let's talk about one other thing that's going to really change this, and that is that they're talking about the pill forms. So all of these are injections right now, but the pill forms of Ozempic and Wagovi will be available this year. By the end of this year, uh, I think they're in limited supply. The pills for Wagovi are already out there. Uh, I know they are in other countries. I just, I really can't honestly say if they are here in the United States, but I know they are in other countries. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what that does because there's going to be a lot of people that are hesitant to do these things whenever there's an injection involved, but whenever it's just take a pill, sign me up. I think that's what you're going to see people say. Now I brought this story up because another release uh, just from a couple of days ago by KFF, the Kaiser Family uh, Foundation, 
they are, they did a comparison on what the cost of these medications are compared to other countries. And it is like many medications, a huge difference. There is a huge difference on what we're being charged here in the United States versus other countries. If you just go with the standard Ozempic injection, the U.S. average cost is $936. In a peer country, the next highest <clears throat> cost is Japan at $169. That's right, $936 versus 169 Canada 147 Switzerland 144 Germany 103 Netherlands 103 uh, Sweden 96 United Kingdom 93 Australia 87 in France $83 $83 in France for the same medication that's 936 in the United States that is the injectable Ozempic the pill of Ozempic uh, is the same price they're saying here in the United States when it is released or if it's available right now, 936. That same medication from 936 in the United States, 69 bucks in Japan. So pretty crazy. Uh, Wagovi, $1,349 in the US, $328 in Germany, $296 in the Netherlands. Um, Majerno, $1,023 here. The next highest 444 in the Netherlands. So if you look at it, once again, you know, it's, there's been the complaint about this for years, right? That the United States is paying for all the R and D for these medications. And then we're paying higher prices to make up for anything for the rest of the, the world. There are a number of underlying reasons why these other countries have lower prices um, we've, we've talked about that in the past. I won't really get too deep into that right now, but it is interesting when people see this, that there is a reason why we're seeing a lot of medical tourism for medications. When you start seeing these prices, I mean, the fact that you could get uh, basically a six month supply of your medication in Japan for one month. Uh, the same, you know, equivalent of one month in the U.S. tells us, well, there's got to be a market for something like that. So I think that's a very uh, interesting thing. It's going to be interesting to see what happens down the pathway. And the reason why I bring this to light as well is, remember, Aetna is actually owned by CVS. So they're their own pharmacy. Well, that pharmacy, uh, and Aetna also owns their own PBM, CVS Caremark. So they're the ones doing the negotiation with the manufacturer of these medications, deciding rebates, deciding spread, deciding all of those things. When you have that built in, I think the reason, one of the reasons why some of these insurers, CVS is a good example, are gonna offer these is because they're not gonna pay these kind of prices. They're not going to be paying $936. Okay? That's not what's going to happen for them. They're actually going to be able to pay less for that because of what their you know, what 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 their place in this is. The fact that they have that negotiating power and they're one of the top three PBMs out there. 
So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, one last thing we're going to talk about today, and that is it's getting close to open enrollment for both your individual and, of course, Medicare and many companies. Well, we're already seeing an uptick in the everyone's favorite, the old robo-insurance scam call. Yes, the robo-calls have increased 71% in just the last 12 months. And so we're more and more people. Uh, unfortunately, this is another uh, AI has been used in a negative way. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, that it's targeting people in certain demographics that it feels are more susceptible to these insurance scam calls. And I, I, was, in, I was very interested to see that across all industries, so not just in the insurance, but, you know, you that, that uh, auto warranty <laughs> that you need, whatever. In the last 12 months, there's been 77 billion, with a B, 77 billion auto or robocalls in, in just the last 12 months. That is nuts. Uh, about 68% of adults that were in this survey said they don't answer the phone anymore with an own, unknown number. This is why we can't get a hold of anybody. 77 billion robocalls. Uh, but they're most common in health insurance and auto insurance. That is where the majority of these robocalls are coming from, from that 77. Uh, and that's across the board. That's whether it's marketplace or it's Medicare or it's it's whatever. Uh, this is brought to you to remind your clients that this is the time that they're going to come. You're going to get lots and lots of those calls, even though it may be illegal, especially on the Medicare side, for these calls to be made, you're going to get them anyway. So just be cognizant of that. Remind your clients, get that information out there and see if, uh, you know, you can stop some of that. Because every year it seems like we always find someone that, Answers the phone at the wrong time, and they get caught on got get caught on the hook. Uh, sometimes they get scammed. Sometimes it actually is a uh, unfortunately a legitimate insurance company that talks them into moving once again without asking them the right questions, and now they're on a plan that doesn't suit them. So just a, a reminder that that time of year is coming. So everyone have a super blessed weekend. I appreciate you once again being here, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap.